0: Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to this new series that we're launching today called Better Decisions and Fewer Regrets. If you've just joined us, my name's Chris. I'm the Senior Minister at Andover Baptist Church, and I'm going to be launching into this new series today. It's great to have you with us, whether you're a regular with us at ABC or whether this is your first time with us. It's great to uh, have you engaging with us today. Really help, hope and pray that this talk is going to be helpful to you as we kind of launch into this new year uh, and look to perhaps do things a little bit better than we have done before. So we uh, uh, started a few minutes ago on our This Week at ABC slot with a steering wheel quiz. And I just want to head back to that. I want to say those of you who've been joining in on the live chat, great job. Many of you did really, really well on this. Particularly big shout out to Jenny. Jenny, you did so well. Three of the four, I think. You got absolutely spot on. Uh, Ian, you did great on this as well. And others were joining in. Paul and others who joined in with this, you you did great. Now, these were the steering wheels. These are iconic steering wheels. And if you're a, a fan of cars, then you'll probably have recognized a number of these straight away. Uh, but um, we were asking, do you know what these steering wheels are? I don't know whether you can see all of them uh, here, but we're going to give you the answers right now. So here are the four cars that those steering wheels belong to. So um, I'm going to try and point in the right direction. So we had a Citroen DS21, so great job if you got that, that iconic steering wheel with just the one kind of pillar on that if you're as old as I am, you remember those Citroen steering wheels. They were all always funky, weren't they? Uh, We've got a Lamborghini Aventador uh, there, and uh, a Ferrari, I'm really pointing the Radley. a Ferrari GTO 250, amazing, beautiful car, uh, with that iconic wooden steering wheel. And then the last one with uh, all the buttons was a a McLaren Formula One sports car. So great job if you got those right. If you got all of them right, well, you're top of the class. If you got one or two, you were doing pretty well uh, with all of that. Now, the whole point of the steering wheel thing and it's a slightly cheesy link but I I hope you'll bear with me in this the whole point of the steering wheel quiz today was because as we start this new series I want to kind of posit that steering wheels direct and guide our cars, don't they? And our decisions are like the steering wheels of our experiences. Our decisions are like the steering wheels of our um, experiences because our decisions set the direction and quality of our lives. Our decisions set the direction and quality of our lives. You know this, don't you? If you think about this for a moment, you know this to be true. How many times have you looked back on an important decision that you made and thought to yourself, I'm so... So glad I decided to, or I made that decision to do whatever it was. Look at how well that's turned out. And you look back and you think, that was a great decision. That set me up to uh, go in the direction that I wanted to go in, in my life. And if we're all really honest as well, how many times have you looked back and thought, that was a really bad decision? That was a mistake. Look at how that's worked out. Look at the direction that has taken my life in. How many times have your decisions kept you on the road, heading where you want to go in life, keeping you going in a good direction? And how many times have your decisions left you veering off the road into a ditch? We've all got some experiences of that, haven't we? How many times should our decisions have taken us down a different road, on a different route, or avoided some obstacle in the middle of the road, but we ploughed on anyway and suffered the consequences? We've all had those experiences too, haven't we? And the thing is, you know, we're not the only people impacted by our decisions. There are other people on the road. There are other people in the car with us. Our decisions impact oftentimes more people than just us. Well, what if there were a way to make better decisions? Some simple things we could do to ensure that the decisions that we make are more likely to be better ones, are more likely to lead to fewer regrets further down the road. What if there were a way to ensure we had fewer occasions where we looked back and thought, oh, I wish I'd done something different then. I wish I'd decided something different. What if there were a way to ensure we would have fewer regrets later down the road? You'd want that, wouldn't you, right? We'd all want that. Well, we think that one of the ways we make better decisions is to ask great questions. Because good questions set us up for good or better decisions. And over the course of this next five weeks, in this series, we're gonna explore five great questions that will help us make better decisions. And I am willing, and here's a guarantee, I am willing to guarantee that if we take these five questions and use them, They will mean we make better decisions and have fewer regrets. And I just want to say, if you're a parent or a grandparent, if you teach your kids or your grandkids to ask these sorts of questions when they are making decisions, you'll set them up really well for what comes later on in life for them. And the other great news is you don't have to be a Christian to use these questions. So if you're new to us or you're exploring faith or you've stumbled across this on YouTube and you just want to make some better decisions in the future and you say, well, I'm not really a Christian. I'm not sure where I am on all this God stuff. Well, that's okay. This is going to be helpful to you as it is to all of us. So our first question, the one we're going to unpack today, is what we've called for today the integrity question. And this asks this question, am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with myself? Because, you know, the truth is we'll never get to where we need to be until we acknowledge where we are. We'll never get to where we want to be until we acknowledge where we are. And the easiest person to deceive about where we are is the person in the mirror. It's so easy for us to deceive ourselves, so we need to ask, am I being honest with myself? Can I, with all integrity, say I am being honest with myself? So this first step to making better decisions is to tell ourselves the truth, even if it's ugly. Why am I making this decision, really? Why am I making this decision, really? Why am I doing this? Really? Why am I avoiding him? Really? Why do I keep making excuses? Really? Why did I say yes? Really? Why won't I get help? Really? We need to be honest with ourselves. And you know, so often choosing what's best isn't natural. It would be so easy, wouldn't it, if we always made the best decision. But so often what's choosing best for ourselves isn't what always feels natural. The 17th century philosopher Francis Bacon said, the human understanding when it has once adopted an opinion draws all things else to support and agree with it. Basically, what he's saying is once we've developed an opinion, we are biased to seeing everything else in the light of that. Basically, what he's saying is it's easy to deceive ourselves. And that's why choosing what's best isn't always the easiest or most natural thing. And around two and a half thousand years before Francis Bacon, a Judean court adviser turned prophet made a similar observation and added in some really helpful explanation. But before we get to what he said, let's just have a little bit of context. That Judean advisor turned prophet was a man called Jeremiah. And he lived around 600 BC, and around that time, he served as an advisor to a series of kings of a region in the Middle East called Judah. And life would have been so much easier for those kings if they'd listened to Jeremiah. But often, they completely ignored him. They were king after all, they thought they knew best, they weren't being honest with themselves. And here are the three kings that Jeremiah served. He began his advising career with King Jehoiakim. And at the time Jehoiakim became king, Judah was paying an annual financial tribute to a kingdom called Babylon, who in return would provide military support to them and leave them alone. But after three years of making that payment, Jehoiakim decided he'd had enough. He made a decision. He made a decision to stop making the payments. Now when Jeremiah heard about this, he begged Jehoiakim to reverse his decision. He knew that the mighty King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon wouldn't take kindly to that decision that Jehoiakim was making. He told Jehoiakim that not only was this a foolish and dangerous decision, it was also contradictory to God's will for his people and for the nation. But Jehoiakim didn't care about that, he deceived himself. He decided he could do better things with the money. So he ignored Jeremiah, he ignored God. And lo and behold, Nebuchadnezzar showed up with his army at the gates of Jerusalem and laid siege to the city for three months. Then they entered the city, captured Jehoiakim, put him in chains and marched him back to Babylon And Nebuchadnezzar added Jehoiakim to his king collection, because Nebuchadnezzar collected kings. Whenever he conquered a territory, he would capture the king alive, take the king back to Babylon, and add him to the collection. And then on special occasions, he would show them off and parade them around the courtroom to demonstrate just how powerful he was. Before he left Jerusalem for Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar had crowned Jehoiakim's son, Jehoiachin, to be the next king. But three months later, he changed his mind. He came back to Jerusalem and added Jehoiachin to his king collection too. Nebuchadnezzar then appointed Jehoiachin's uncle, Zedekiah, to be the next king. So here's the point we've got to in our story. We get to the point where Zedekiah has become king. And this is what we read about a point in Zedekiah's reign and it comes in a book called 2 Chronicles which is a book in the Old Testament part of the Bible chronicling or telling the stories of these kings of Judea and the surrounding region. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 36 it says this, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem for 11 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke the word of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who had made him take an oath in God's name. He became stiff-necked and hardened his heart and would not turn to the Lord, the God of Israel. Furthermore, all the leaders of the priests and the people became more and more unfaithful, following all the detestable practices of the nations and defiling the temple of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. Now, I just want you to take a look, even in these few verses from that chapter of 2 Chronicles, look at all the decisions that were being made here by Zedekiah. He takes a decision to do evil. He takes a decision not to humble himself. He takes a decision not to listen to Jeremiah. He takes a decision to rebel against Nebuchadnezzar, even though he's seen what's happened before. And that was a really bad idea, a really bad decision, a decision that would steer both uh, uh, Zedekiah and the people he was ruling down a road that they did not want to go down. His leadership... Zedekiah's leadership meant that his people also made decision after decision to turn away from God. Those decisions came from and flowed out of a heart that was deceiving him. Those decisions that Zedekiah was taking. Look again at verse 13. It says, he hardened his heart. Those decisions both led to and flowed out of a deceptive heart. Zedekiah did exactly what Jehoiachin and Jehoiakim had done before him. He refused to pay the tribute. And the same thing happened to Zedekiah. Nebuchadnezzar showed up. And in fact, Zedekiah would be the last king of Judah. You know, when he realized that Zedekiah wasn't going to listen to him, Jeremiah, the hero of our story, he took to the streets to try to warn the people. And when Zedekiah realized his mistake, the poor decisions that he'd taken, he had huge regrets and he begged Jeremiah to save the city. But it was too late. And throughout all of this, we can flick to see the story from Jeremiah's perspective. Up to this point, looking at 2 Chronicles, we've been seeing the story from the king's perspective, you you like, from the people who were chronicling, telling the story of that part of history. But Jeremiah also has a book in the Old Testament part of the Bible, and they kind of go together, really, and we can see things in Jeremiah's book from his perspective, and we can see and follow what Jeremiah was thinking throughout all of this. If we flick to Jeremiah chapter 17, Then we find this, Jeremiah, kind of reflecting on this whole period of history. Jeremiah says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. See, Jeremiah was saying, You need to trust in God, place your confidence in him and look to him for direction. And if you do that, he will lead you to the places where you will grow and be fruitful, even when the pressure and the heat comes on. He's saying, if you trust in God, you will be sowing roots that will sustain you, even when the heat and the pressure comes on. And then perhaps most telling of all, in verse 9, Jeremiah says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? See, Jeremiah, in reflecting all of this, says your heart can deceive you. It can lead you to making bad choices and bad decisions just like it did for Zedekiah. See, what Jeremiah was trying to do throughout all of this, Jeremiah was trying to hold up a mirror to the kings and to the people of Judah and say, look at yourself, ask yourself honest questions about where your heart is at and why you're making the decisions that you're making. Jeremiah holds up a mirror to the kings and the people of Judah and says, humble yourself. Realize that your heart is not always right. Stop and ask yourself some questions before you make decisions that you'll later regret. I think Jeremiah would want to say, Ask yourself these kind of questions. Is my heart deceiving me? Am I being honest with myself? Why am I making this choice, this decision? Really? I think Jeremiah would want to say to the kings, Why are you making these decisions? Are they the best for the people that you're leading and ruling over? Are you making these decisions for their best outcome, really? Or if you're being honest with yourself, are you making them for you? That's the integrity question. Am I being honest with myself? Why am I making this decision, really? So I think if we bring this back to us, If we say, what can we take away from some of these uh, kings that we're reading about, from what Jeremiah wanted to say to them, let's bring this back to us. I think what we'd want to hear from Jeremiah is this sort of thing. How humble is your heart? Is your heart deceiving you? Is it leading you to make bad decisions, just like it was for those kings of Judah? You know, one of the pieces of advice we may have heard when it comes to the direction of travel in our lives or it comes to us making decisions, we may have heard this. This piece of advice goes like this, follow your heart, follow your heart. I wanna say, really? Be honest. How often does following your heart lead you to make decisions that you later regret? You know I was thinking about this in preparation for today, I was thinking about many times if I'd followed my heart alone, I'd have done some things I definitely would have regretted further on down the road. I would have bought things I couldn't really have afforded, I would have given up on things that I needed to stick with, I'd have had relationships that would have been damaging, I would have said things that I would later have seriously regretted, and on and on if I just followed my heart. Because when it comes to our decisions, the condition of our heart is not always the best thing to trust. Just like Jeremiah said to those kings and to those people in Judah, sometimes our hearts are hardened or our hearts are leading us down routes that aren't helpful. When it comes to making decisions, the first question that will change our direction of travel for the better is the integrity question. Am I being honest with myself? Am I allowing my heart to deceive me? How are you doing at looking in the mirror and asking yourself those kind of questions? And perhaps even more importantly, who is holding up a mirror for you? Who's your Jeremiah? And will you listen to them? And will you listen to God, who often reveals the condition of our hearts if we allow him to? Will you listen to the God who has so much to say about the decisions that we make in our lives? The God who we can look to for direction that will lead us into places where we will grow and be fruitful even when the heat comes on. The God who we can trust as we sow seeds with him, a foundation in our lives that will help us even when the heat comes on. You know, Jeremiah would have been that person for those kings if they'd just listened. God had given those kings great wisdom and guidance but they chose to ignore both Jeremiah and God because they never paused and asked why am I making this decision really am I being honest with myself the wise person asks others to hold up a mirror for them and asks God to do that too and listens to the response who are you asking to speak into your life. Who do you turn to? Who's your Jeremiah? Are you asking God for wisdom and direction? And you know where you find God's wisdom and direction? So often you find it in his word to us in the Bible. God's primary way, <clears throat> excuse me, of commuting, uh, communicating with us. The place where God speaks and guides. You know, our decisions are the steering wheel of our experiences. They set the direction and quality of our lives. They can take us down routes that leads to the, lead us to the destinations we would really want to go to, or they can veer us off into the side of the road, into the ditch, and we can take others there with us. We need to ensure that we're getting our decisions right. We need to ensure that our hearts aren't deceiving us. So let's get the help that we need. Let's ask the question, am I being honest with myself, really? Let's ask others to hold a mirror up that we can look into together and say, where am I, really? Why am I making this decision, really? Is it the best thing, really? Let's find the Jeremiah's. Let's turn to God and ask for His wisdom and guidance. And I just want to finish by saying, if you're not a Christian and you hear this stuff about turning to God for wisdom and guidance and you're sceptical, I just want to challenge you to try it, to pray and ask God to lead you and guide you, to ask a friend or ask somebody that you know or get in touch with us and say, look, I'm trying to make this kind of decision in my life. What sort of wisdom and guidance might God have for me in all of that? And we can point you in the direction where you'll find that stuff. And as you do that, maybe you will discover and find a God who longs to lead and guide us, who longs us to sow roots into his rich soil that will direct us even when the heat comes on. Let's ask God to help us be honest with ourselves. Let's ask God to reveal his direction and guidance for our lives. We're going to do that right now as I pray. Lord God, thank you so much once again for these incredible stories, for the richness that is contained within these stories that come from so long ago, but are so inspired. Help us to find the Jeremiah's in our life, and not just to find them, but to listen to them. Help us to listen to you too, Lord God, as we set out to make better decisions and have fewer regrets. Lead us and guide us, we pray, and thank you that you are the one in whom we can lay deep roots and deep foundations that will sustain us and ensure our lives bear fruit. Lord God, help us to have the courage to look in the mirror and say, am I being honest with myself really? To tell ourselves the truth about why we're making some of the decisions that we're making. Help us to stop and ask the integrity question before we make a key and important decision in our lives. And Lord God, help us to open ourselves up to your guidance and direction, we pray. Amen.